Hi, it's Gracie, co-host of the Educator Wellness Revolution podcast. Welcome back. Our ninth episode of this season focuses on navigating cultural staff divides. Culture is important and it's complicated. Our identities and lived experiences shape who we are, but these differences can also create divides when they go unexamined. And for educators, there often isn't the time, space, or communication skills necessary to meaningfully address cultural divides when they arise during the school day. For this, we spoke with Marcus Townsend, the Director of Culture and Students at Sala Public Charter School in Washington, D.C. Sala is a Hebrew dual-language elementary school in Northeast D.C. Many of their staff members come to teach from Israel, and many others are native-born Washingtonians, and this creates a truly unique cultural dynamic. Empower Ed worked with Sela from 2001 to 2023 to help them address their cultural divides. After a little trial and error, we finally landed on an educator-led task force model. These working groups were organized around three central themes we kept hearing about from staff, the Hebrew-English divide, staff-led professional development, and creating a culture of professional accountability. They met regularly for a small group discussion and began leading professional development sessions for their colleagues. These groups uplifted staff voice and empowered educators to have difficult and inspiring conversations about culture, race, and identity at their school. We share more about our work in this conversation and also discuss the benefits of and potential conflicts that arise in a school that is so devoted to exploring culture, how the current geopolitical dynamics since October 7th have affected their staff, why human-centric leadership is so important to help staff members grow and heal during challenging moments, and much more. We highly recommend this podcast to everyone, but especially hope school leaders can listen and reflect on how to meaningfully address staff cultural divides and help promote a culture of open diversity in their schools. As always, we want to hear from you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate us five stars and let us know your feedback. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. It's Gracie with the Educator Wellness Revolution podcast. Welcome back. We're super excited about our show today. We're going to talk about cultural divides within school staff and schools. And we have, I think, really an expert here to talk about it. It's Marcus Townsend. He's the assistant principal at Sala Public Charter School in Washington, D.C. And as we explained before, Sala is a Hebrew dual language program charter school. So there's just a lot of interesting things that have happened in our work with them and also a lot of interesting things that are happening in light of the political situations right now. So we're very grateful for you to be here with us, Marcus. And can you start by introducing yourself and just talk a little bit about your experience in education and especially like your interest in educator wellness? Great. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Marcus Townsend. As Gracie said, I work at Sella Public Charter School, and I am in charge of creating a, a learning environment that is conducive for our students' growth. That certainly can't be done without teachers that are comfortable in, in, in a good space. And so teacher wellness is very important to us at Sella. We try our best to be responsive to the things that our teachers tell us that would give them that feeling that we're supportive of them. And it's really important because our school is a place that is diverse by design, which is intentional diversity within our student body and within our teaching uh, community. Because we are a dual language school, we actually have a relationship with an organization that sends teachers from Israel and in addition to Israeli teachers, we have teachers from Turkey, from Ethiopia. So we we are a pretty diverse staff as well as student body at our school. And making sure that 
people understand cultural differences between different people in our community is important to making sure that we have that kind of learning environment that is, you know, pleasant and conducive for student growth. Yeah, so it's such an interesting environment that you work in and so unique. So tell us more. I mean, you said you work in a school that is intended, right, to not only be diverse, but to explore cultural differences. Tell us a little bit more about both the diversity of the student body along with the along with the educators. And then what are the benefits to you of teaching in a school that is so devoted to exploring culture together? Our student body really reflects the, the, the diversity of the city of Washington, D.C. I mean, there are people from around the world here, and, and it's important that our student body mirrors that, that population that our kids see every day when they're out and about in the community. And to that, end, to that end, it's equally important that they see representations within the building. So when we talk about why is that important to us, Part of our mission is to, to create global citizens. We want students to be empathetic. We want them to understand differences and be sympathetic to the different people's stories and, and give them the opportunity to just build relationships that are meaningful through it, through this lens of understanding. Well, we know from our work with you all that the, the culture is amazing at Sala. Like we, I've really never seen anything like it. And that within so much diversity that issues do arise, which is how we started working together. How did that show up for you? And what educator wellness strategies have you found to be effective in these moments? You know, the, the, a couple of, I think, personality things allowed me to see that there was this divide within our school when I first arrived. This is my sixth year at Sella. And one of the early memories I have was preparing for Black History Month celebration. And from my perspective, when it came to an international uh, school that, that is about learning about different cultures, I took the approach that we could celebrate people of African descent and not necessarily African-American people um, during Black History Month. And that was met with some pushback. And it really opened my eyes to struggles that minority groups may have in other countries, the experience of people that live in those countries and are minorities, and, and how that impacts people that are part of our school community. There were also some just general personality things that came out in talking to some of my Hebrew colleagues, my Israeli colleagues, just around how, how people interact within their culture and how sometimes that did not mesh with how people interact in American culture. The prime example is a level of directness when speaking, right? In American culture, direct, direct conversations and direct statements can be taken personally in a way that I, I, I understand them not to be in Israeli culture. And so that is something that really, created tension between different groups of people in our building, which made it very clear that we had to do some work around this because you could see the stress that teachers were carrying just from having to interact with teachers of other cultures. We also, we also have been implementing this, this co-teaching model. When, when, when our administration first started at Sela, Sela was more of a foreign language model where kids would have Hebrew class um, for an hour a day, 
where we wanted to move more toward a real immersion program. And so we were building a co-teaching model where there would be a, a Hebrew teacher and an English teacher in each classroom. And so we knew we had to do some work around building opportunities for communication because ultimately when it came to, to the problems we were seeing, it was really around a lack of communication or opportunities to communicate. One of the most interesting things to me in the work that we did with you was not that necessarily people had um, stereotypes of the other group. And I think that the things you mentioned about coming to work differently in how people communicate and directness, all of that is real. Uh, but one of the most interesting things was how we got through and, and had those really amazing discussions for people to understand each other at a deeper level that, you know, that happened early on. And so, you know, I think sometimes we can know a little bit about a place or a group and think we know a lot about it and, and really discover a lot in the process of getting to know people personally. And one of the things I thought was beautiful was, was people being able to learn a little more deeply the ways in which coming from totally different backgrounds, they actually shared some, some deep connections and struggled with some of the same same things, as well as had some big cultural differences that they just wanted to appreciate, right? That they just wanted to, the other group to really appreciate the complexity, right, of their group and their culture. And so what was it like to go through some of those conversations for you and, and for your staff? Just really eye-opening. I mean, it, it really comes down to that that thing where when people get personal and, and build relationships and are willing to communicate openly, it, it it tears down that divide, right? Like we, we come to realize more, that we have even more in common. And it, 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 the work that we've done with you guys to start that process has just continued through our teacher-led PDs. We do a lot of things where we, we have cultural activities that allow staff members to get to know each other more personally. So one recent one that we've done is we, we did a music PD session where different people volunteered to go into a classroom and play the type of music that they like, right? And and as people visited different rooms, you could just see that that window being opened toward some commonality. You know, music is a universal language, and so it's something that people can find some sort of commonality, some sort of common tie to pretty easily. One of the activities that we did, we mixed up everybody and, and asked them to show five random pictures from their phone, right? And the five pictures of things that are important to them or whatever the case may be. And that just sparked so much conversation within the groups. We've done things where teachers have brought in food. And, and most recently, we celebrated our own Cellar Diversity Day, which is something that we do annually. We've put pictures of as many families that will provide them in our hallway. Um, students are asked to bring in things that, that are relevant to their culture. Um, they're able to kind of explore the different cultures within their classrooms. And then we had a professional development where one of our teachers cooked this great Ethiopian feast and we all enjoyed that. And so again, for it's just giving people a window into the things that culturally um, are part of us, and then just opening lines of communication uh, for that relationship building has been really great for us. I remember that Ethiopian feast. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I want to commend you all too, because I I think that what I learned and working with y'all is that it's, it's a messy process, that it's not like we were all like kumbaya, like this is great culture. It was, there were a lot of feelings that started to come up for people. And some people love being able to share their culture and their identity. That was really important for them. And other people we heard was like, no, I I, like, that's kind of like who I am. And I come to work as a professional. So, and something that I heard again and again in those conversations too, is that, yeah, I'm Israeli, I'm direct, you know, you come from here, you have this thing and, and yet we all have to show up and be professionals together. So I'd love to hear your thoughts about like the tension between this is who I am and my cultural identity and how like everyone needs to show up together to make the school day work. Well, we ultimately bring it back to the the thing that we're all here for, right? And it's really just to support kids and to model for them healthy, appropriate relationships. Like you said, Gracie, there is it, it is an ongoing messy process, and there are times when feelings are hurt. However, we 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 make space for people to heal, right? And and that's important as well. When it comes to people's willingness to show who they really are, you know, I think the more opportunities where people can express themselves freely without worrying about any repercussions from admin or whatever the case may be, kind of allows people to let their guards down a little bit. And we've seen people that were standoffish around this at the beginning become more open to it and become more personable within the community. So like you say, yes, it can be a messy process and people have their different feelings around whether or not they're going to, how much they're going to open up at work. But it really is a, a it really is difficult to to work in a school environment, especially with the community based culture that we want to build to to really not not give yourself to the children. Right. I mean, you see our, our most our most sought after teachers are the ones that really have great relationships with their students. And, and that is really what we want here. It sometimes might require it coming out of your shell a little bit. Again, it's important to make sure that people feel safe and able to do that and give them the space to do it. I've worked with the staff there for almost two years, I think we were working with you all. And at the very end of that experience, you invited me to come to Israel Day. Is that what you all call it? Yes. And I went and I was just observing and watching the teachers with the students, but I was like, oh, I've never seen these teachers actually teach before. I've only known them as kind of a staff, like after school PD. And then I was watching one of the teachers and speaking Hebrew to these like fourth graders and them speaking back to her. I was like, oh, this is what they're doing. And it was so interesting to kind of be on the back end of all of these conversations. And then kind of one of my last moments with you all there was like actually seeing that relationship and the learning and the student. So I, I, I feel that. And speaking of conflict and mass, let's talk about what's happening now politically since October 7th. I, I can only imagine how personal all of the political issues have felt at Sala. So can you share more about how y'all are doing and what's been coming up and how you've been working with it? Yes, it, it has been a difficult time for us. You know, as a school, we want to make sure that we're supportive of all our members of our community, not just our Israeli teachers. And so that that has been certainly something that has taken some delicate language 
to make sure that people in our community feel comfortable and that, that we as a school are not necessarily promoting one side or the other, which is something that we do not do. But at the same time, with a, with a big Israeli teaching community, we want to make sure that they feel supported. And so we, we have done some things where we give them spaces that are free to kind of kind of reset their feelings if something is going on. Um, we have made available emergency funds and things like that in case they needed to go back to Israel. And so for us, it's just really important to show support. Administrators will, will cover classes if necessary for teachers that may have something going on. And, and really in the more day-to-day -day thing, it, it really is about understanding that even though we see our Israeli teachers putting their best foot forward for the students, that there is an internal pain that's just there. And, and it's important that we're empathetic around that. It's also great that, that this work that we've started to do happen before this horrible event, right? Because the work that, that we've done has really given us this foundation where people are more comfortable checking in on each other. People are more willing to step in for someone if necessary. It's just another layer of, of the type of community that we've really tried to build here where we're really concerned and really care for one another in that space where we want people to be at their best to be able to serve children. Yeah, they, just hearing your answer is such a perfect illustration of the kind of, of leadership, honestly, that we're trying to cultivate, honestly, in creating an environment where everybody feels well, because what I heard in your answer was, is very human-centered, right? It's, there's this very difficult personal thing happening for people. It's a political situation, but it's also deeply personal for members of the staff. I'm sure that cross-culturally, people have um, different opinions about it, but also want to learn from each other. But they also just want to check on in on each other as humans. And you mentioned things like making the funds available so that they can travel back to Israel uh, if there's something going on with their family or something they need to attend to, and also just making the time and space for them when they need it, like having admin step in. And that's exactly what we we talk about often with school leaders about kind of human-centered leadership. What does it mean to approach people as a human first, right? And, and that that is what makes it difficult, right? I think sometimes when it's the idea is, well, I'm going to come in as a professional and I'm just going to check my everything about my personal life at the door and I'm just going to do my job. And it's great that you've been able to cultivate an environment that makes more people feel like they can bring their whole self to work. What has it been like for you then to like learn and grow as a leader to help people do that um, to make sure that you can bridge those divides, but also to just really have that human centered approach as a leader? I think it's the, the best way that we can model these things that we want for our students. Right. And so we talk about just just treating people the right way and and we see kids sometimes struggle with that right and sometimes have outside influences that they can't necessarily see doing that and so regardless of the differences that people might have you know we 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 want our teachers to to be great models for our kids and it's hard again we want to see kids right we want kids to show us who they are and you can't do that without kind of opening up a little bit. And so it really has been interesting to try to develop ways to, to open this space up, right? And, and 
you guys have given some great guidance in that. And, and a big part of that has been teacher voice, right? And so giving teachers voice and giving them opportunities to share with us without penalty or fear of penalty, what they think about all aspects of our program, right? Whether it be instruction, whether it be operations, whether it be climate and culture, whatever the case may be, just knowing that there's an opportunity to share their thoughts about this stuff, again, without without fear of repercussions, it has been something that has, has grown through our work together. I, I remember toward the beginning, we would have these different groups and they would be talking about different changes that, or different things that they would like to see happen in the building. And it wasn't too long after those started to which they were coming to me saying, when are administrators going to be in these meetings so you guys can hear what we're talking about? And it, it was it was really interesting to see people go from whispering it to someone else to whispering it to someone else and then you have this culture where gossip is really kind of mm -hmm. embedded in your program to where teachers are willing to come and, and speak freely about their thoughts about school we always know that everything can't be done at once and you can't do everything that's going to make everyone happy but at the same time even just knowing that these things are being heard and considered has given our teachers a different feeling about what their role is in our community. And that's such a good change where they said, like, we want you admin in the meeting now because not only are we saying things, but now we feel comfortable enough to say it with you in the room. And that's where you start to build towards the culture you want. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. And in talking about feedback culture, like feedback culture is messy too, because, you know, like I think, and I do think it's the same thing about like, I don't want to explore cultural divides or differences because that's messy and we open it up. How do we kind of close that Pandora's box? And I think there are school leaders out there who feel the same way about feedback as like, if I open it up, I don't want to hear all these voices or, you know, what if I can't make everybody happy in there. And so maybe I, I have a question about that. Cause I do, I've been hearing a lot from the school leaders we've been working with lately about like how hard it is to kind of disappoint staff members or not make everybody happy, or they're overly empathizing with staff members feelings. So like, how do you work with that with yourself of like, I'm going to disappoint this person by making this decision, even if it makes more people happy. Like, is that hard for you? That is hard, but uh, a lot of the things that we've made changes around, there has been some level of consensus. Speaking to wellness, one of the big things is we have a, a Wednesday PD that's after school and it's every week and people are burnt out. And so part of their wellness is they, they, they were looking for some relief from that. And the simple task of, of deciding not to have one each month has been something that you can feel you can feel teachers energy change just because we don't have a pd one day out of the month and it really is not that detrimental to the things that we're trying to accomplish and the professional learning that we want them to do and so why not why not be responsive to that i think because we do that give and take thing that teachers are more understanding when things don't necessarily go their way however Teacher wellness is such a important component to who we are and what we want for our, our school climate that 
we have to take into account what they're thinking. And and we have a school of, of 60 staff members and 280 students. And so if you're in that type of small community, right, it just is counterproductive to do everything from the top down, especially when it's important for us to, you know, retain teachers every year. Yeah. And I think people can just hear how you've gone through it and what you've learned from it and how the the culture has changed as a result of it. So I want to close by asking for you to provide a little advice for people who are still very much going through this struggle of educator wellness, but in particular about cultural divides uh, in their school. And what advice would you give to those educators or school leaders who are struggling with a cultural divide in their staff? You know, I think that that the biggest thing is to give space for conversation and be willing to start that conversation, right? Space alone doesn't necessarily cause people to open up. However, when you, when you present them with something that's not too invasive, something as simple as share your favorite type of music, then it leads to something bigger, right? It can lead to a, a more a greater level of comfort that allows people to really open up and share their share who they are and share what makes them them and the more you know like that the more personal teachers are willing to be adults they're going to be more personal with kids and it's just going to benefit student body it's going to benefit teacher relationships and it's just going to benefit your overall school climate marcus thank you for being here Thank you. It was great. I enjoyed it. It's so much fun to just kind of recap and reflect on the, the work that we've done together and and just really to see how much of an impact it's had on our school already. And I, it is ongoing work. So I'm, I'm still thinking of ways to kind of give people opportunities to get to know each other better. And, and we'll continue doing that because it's been so successful for us. Awesome. Yeah, I'm having like a real proud moment. <laughs> we really we learned so much from you all and with you all too, and we apply that to other schools. So we are grateful to you for learning together and we're grateful to you for sharing your your wisdom and your experience with everybody here today. So well, and we are grateful as well. Thank you for helping us move toward this journey and, and we'll continue to make wellness one of the central um aspects of who we are as a school. All right, everybody. Thank you, Thank you so Thank much. You. Take care. Thank you, guys. Time. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening to our show. If you enjoyed it, please pass it along to another educator wellness advocate and rate us five stars so others can discover our podcast. We also hope you stay in touch. We'd love to hear your questions, ideas, and recommendations for future podcast guests and themes. Just email us at wellness at weareempowered. That just looks like weareempowered.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and TikTok with the same handle as empowereddc or visit us at weareempowered.org. Thanks again. We are all part of this educator wellness revolution and we really appreciate your time and energy.